of Everything Under the Sun, a weekly podcast answering all the most pressing questions children around the world have about life on Earth. Let's begin with our first question, which comes from Arabella. Over to you, Arabella. Hi, Molly. My name is Arabella. I am 11 years old. I live in Zimbabwe and my favourite thing to do is go on safari on, in the Matusa Donna Mountains. My question is, why does an elephant's tummy rumble while they are drinking water? Thank you, bye! Hi Arabella, what a good question, thanks! Near where I live at the moment in Bali, there is a place called Sumatra, which is one of the biggest islands in Indonesia. There, there are lots of elephants. I've always wanted to know what noise you can hear when you get close to elephants and their tummy starts to rumble. They're such majestic creatures, don't you think? Well, I needed an expert who knew about tummy rumbles on elephants, so I called up Jonathan Balcom. He is a scientist and a specialist in all things elephants. Over to you, Jonathan. Hi, Arabella. My name is Jonathan. I'm a biologist and animal lover based in Ontario, Canada. Here is my response to your question, why does an elephant's tummy rumble when it drinks water? I think what you are referring to is the deep rumbling sounds elephants make when they communicate with each other. These low sounds are called infrasound because they are too low for our ears to hear. We cannot hear sounds below about 20 hertz or cycles per second, and elephants' rumbles are usually lower than that. But scientists have a clever way of making infrasounds hearable or audible for us. By recording infrasounds and then playing them back at higher speed, the rumbles sound higher and we can hear them. When I studied bats earlier in my career, we did the opposite, recording the bats' ultrasonic calls at high speed, then slowing them down to listen at lower pitches. One of the advantages of the elephant's very low sounds is that they travel much further than high sounds do. They also travel well through the ground. Elephants use these calls to keep tabs on other elephants who may be as much as 10 kilometers away. By exchanging rumbling calls, mother elephants can keep in touch with their calves, even though the calf may be out of view. As for whether elephants make these sounds while drinking, perhaps they do when they want to let distant elephants know that they found a good supply of fresh water. Elephants also enjoy water for a cooling bath and for the sheer fun of it. And it wouldn't surprise me to learn that their tummies rumble when they're hungry. Goodbye. Thank you so much, Jonathan, for answering Arabella's question. I love learning about infrasounds, sounds which are at a level below what us humans can hear. Isn't it amazing that there's a whole sonic world going on that we humans, who think we are so clever, know nothing about and can't hear? Elephants really are incredible. I hope that answers your question, Arabella, and thank you so much, Jonathan, for answering it. 
now we're going to learn about a strange but brilliant thing that our human bodies do to us. That funny feeling we get called pins and needles. We have a question about them from Albert. Over to you, Albert. Hello, Molly. My name is Albert. I live in Newbury. I am five. And my question is, how do you get pins and needles? Hi, Albert. What a fantastic question. Thank you. I really don't like it when I get pins and needles. It's horrible, isn't it? You know that tingly feeling we get in our hands and feet when we've been sitting cross-legged for too long, squashing our hands or feet? It's called pins and needles because it feels like someone is touching your skin loads of times with millions of little pointy pins and horrible sharp little needles. Ouch, that hurts. But why do we get pins and needles? Well, the answer is under our skin. There are lots of nerves under our skin and they go all around our bodies. Nerves are like little roads that carry messages like cars between your brain and the rest of your body. The messages might come from the eyes, which we know detect light. They might come from the ears, which pick up sound, or the skin, which has special sensors that detect pressure and sometimes pain. The messages move a lot more quickly than cars. The body sends 11 million messages per second to the brain for processing through the nerves without even thinking about it. How amazing is that? Now the nerves are very sensitive and if you put too much pressure on your hand or foot by sitting on it, you might pinch the nerves which run under the skin. It's a bit like if you bend a straw while you're drinking through it. You won't be able to suck the liquid through because it can't flow because you've pinched the straw. The same thing happens to our nerves. If they're pinched, they stop receiving oxygen-filled blood from your heart. They can no longer send messages from our hands or feet to our brains. And this is what causes the tingling pins and needles. Ow, ow, ow! We can understand the strange feeling of pins and needles from the proper name scientists give this sensation, which is paresthesia. In ancient Greek, para means disordered and asthesis means feeling. And together we get strange feeling, which it really is. Pins and needles feels very strange. But don't worry, they don't stick around for long. You can get rid of them by shaking your hand or foot around or moving your weight off that body part. And this allows the blood supply to return to the nerves and they can work properly again. The tingly feeling soon goes away. I hope that answers your question, Albert, and thank you for sending it in. Our final question today is from Benedict, and it's all about mirrors. Over to you, Benedict. Hi, Molly. I'm Benedict, and I live in Walthamstow, London, and I'm seven. My question is, how do mirrors reflect? Hi, well, thank you so much. That's a super question. I've always thought mirrors were quite interesting. To think you can look at a flat surface and see your own face looking back at you is a little bit like magic. The first thing we need to know about mirrors is they reflect light. To understand how mirrors work, we have to learn a bit about light. Light travels around in light rays and these rays hit different objects everywhere. Tables, humans, mirrors, buildings, everything. When these light rays hit an object, one of two things happen. The first thing is that the light rays may change direction when they hit the object. And the other thing that might happen is the rays might pass through the object going on in a straight line. Today, we're interested in the first. When light hits an object and bounces off it in a different direction, we call this reflection. In reflection, the rays of light bounce off the surface of the object in the same angle as they hit it. Now, dull and dark objects like dark fabrics don't reflect light very well, 
because rays can't bounce off the surface. But smooth, shiny surfaces like mirrors reflect light well. People make mirrors by putting a thin layer of a chemical substance called silver nitrate behind a flat piece of glass. When the light bounces off the surface of this mirror covered in silver nitrate, it makes an image. When you put an object in front of a mirror, like a face, the object produces things called incident rays of light. We don't need to know much about incident rays today, only that these rays travel from the object to land on the surface of the mirror, and the mirror then reflects these incident rays back. The image the mirror makes is always the same size as the object, but it's flipped or inverted the other way around. That's why if you look at a mirror and wave your right hand, it will look like your left hand is waving back at you. Not all mirrors are flat. Have you ever been in a hall of mirrors and seen those wonky mirrors which turn you upside down or make part of your body look funny? So that's how mirrors reflect light to make images we can see. Mirrors are amazing things used all the time. Like, I use them on my motorbike in Bali to see what's coming behind me. I hope that answers your question, Benedict, and thank you for sending it in. Right, that's it for this week. Wishing you all a very lovely week. A huge thank you to the wonderful scientist, Jonathan Balcom, for explaining to us all about the noises we hear coming from elephants. Thank you, Jonathan. And a big thank you to Arabella, Albert and Benedict for this week's questions. If you have a question you would like answered on everything under the sun, just borrow a grown-up's phone and say your name, your age, your country and a bit about yourself and send me your question. Get your grown-up to email it to me at molly at everythingunderthesun.co.uk And remember to get yourself a copy of my book, Everything Under the Sun, a curious question for every day of the year, filled with all of your questions you will love it. Have a wonderful week filled with tickles and playing with mirrors. I'll be back next week answering more curious questions from children around the world in another episode of Everything Under the Sun. Thank you and goodbye! Um, it's got some amazingly pink and white flowers. The leaves look quite kind of like um, kind of furry, you know what I mean? It's a warm spring day in late March, and ever since the leaves have started to come out, Roby Joe has been wondering why some trees lose their leaves and some don't, and also like how the trees know when it's time to shed their leaves. To find out, join us on the conversations Curious Kids wherever you get your podcasts.